Welcome, everybody, to the Junction City Podcast. I'm Dan Martinez. With me today is Colby Peterson, John Miles, and Shane Forster. On today's show, a grown baby telling you to have more babies, <laughs> Ogden's tiff for tat, and socialism in Utah. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> but first, let's talk about um, Gloria. Oh, yeah. Gloria? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the film, uh, the play. So my wife and I went uh, to Good Company Theater there on the corner of Twenty Fourth Street and uh, Washington Wall Avenue. Good right. local theater. Yeah, it's really nice. great in there. And uh, some friends of ours were in uh, production um, last weekend called Gloria. Um, super good. And uh, oh, it's like about a shooting, right? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it was really interesting. It was really cool. It's and like uh, pretty heavy, right? It it emotionally is it was heavy, right? Yeah. I mean, the show's you know done now, but um, oh. but yeah, but it was a great. It was a great time. It was actually my first time at Good Company, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to the next one. They got a deal going right now where you can get the final four shows of the season for like sixty bucks, which saves you twenty bucks because if you were to go off the street, it's twenty dollars a ticket. So yeah, it's a good deal. I, I good company. It. Where and where that's uh, where is that at again? Good company theater. They're um they're on the corner of Twenty Fourth Street and Wall Avenue, right across the street from Union Station. There's a Mercury Wheels is on one side. There's a salon on the corner, and then if you go behind the building, that's the entrance to Good Company. It's back there. Oh man, there's a lot of play. Cool. Man, play I love places. supporting local theater. Right, right. There, I didn't know there was so many. There's like a Zeigfeld. Zeigfeld. Yeah, Zeigfeld. Yeah, they're on. My Washington. buddy uh, Gar Brandon Garside. Shout out to Brandon Garside. He was in that play. Yeah. He was in. Uh, yeah, he was in that play. Hmm. He was in Gloria. He was in Gloria. Yeah, he was awesome. Really? Yeah, I messaged him after, and I told him, I was like, hey, man, you were incredible. Shut up. Yeah, you know great. Brandon Garside? Well, I, I kind of know of him, because he used to do Weber State Weekly. For, he worked for The Standard. Yeah. And, Holy uh, cow, this I miss, guy. I missed Weber State Weekly. It was fantastic. Yeah, he used to get around. But, but I still love Brett Hine. I went to high school with Brett Hine, so... And look, while we're at it, I, I got to mention on pitch. It's out in Layton. People don't know there's a theater in Layton, but that's a friend of mine. What? They got nine shows this year. OPPA, On Pitch Performing Arts. On Pitch. I didn't know about that. Yeah. They're new and uh, tell they're me they're, ambitious. Tell me they're using OPP. They're using that you name. <laughs> right, yeah. You know You're me. Down with OPP. <laughs> they got to use it They got to own Yeah, they got to use that. <clears throat> they got to own that. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was going to say, one other, I guess, good arts organization that just kind of switched over to Ogden Symphony Ballet had a thing last week. Oh, yeah, week, the Chamber concert? Uh, where they, now they're called Onstage Ogden. So oh. it's kind of a rebrand for them. They're going to be doing some different things, but. So, Dude, that's crazy. Nice. So you guys are getting really pumped. Are you guys real big theater guys? All of you? Because yeah. you guys are just totally geeking out about this right well, now. I'm, <laughs> it's exciting. I don't ever you go to them, I mean, but I love. Dan's smile. Dan's never been to one, but he's pumped no, no, about no, this I, right I've now. Been, I've been to some. I, I love when I can go, but like we don't go to a lot of them but uh, uh like like improv shows dude i love that stuff you know and i honestly love giving money to local businesses i love like i'll smile and pay five extra dollars at a you know local store yeah. so. <laughs> Shut up, shane have you ever been to one <laughs> no i i've never been to like a professional or semi-professional but the high school theater i love them every time i go which oh, is like once every like four or five I haven't, years i haven't tried that i, I want to go more but I don't. You know who I feel like we should get here? Hmm. Gallagher. I feel like he would do well here. He'd be great on a podcast. <laughs> oh, so, <I'm- laughs> so did you guys? Uh, did you guys see that we killed the gondola? Did you guys see on? I yeah, saw it on I Facebook. Saw it. Gondola. I think that's the only place. Gondola. Are you guys? Did you guys become Facebook friends with Meg since? 
Oh, I yeah, I heard yeah, it. Come on, guys. Did. Well, that's the only way you would know that we killed the gondola. She what do you posted. mean we? What do you mean so, Legs, I mean, Sanders? maybe it's a right. coincidence. Sanderson. We dropped our... Hey, you don't need to tell me what you're Googling. You can just type it into the computer. No, no, no. I was just... I'm, I was Meg, Meg, right? I'm Meg. I'm Meg. So anyways, uh, she put... We, we Our episode about the gondola dropped on Tuesday. On Wednesday, Meg posted, Forest Service informed us that Nordic... Informed us Nordic Valley withdrew all special use permits, those needed for expansion into public land. This essentially kills those plans to usurp 2,800 acres of public mountain. Basically, our local rangers looked at the plan and found it couldn't pass even the first step of requirements. So instead of outright rejection, Nordic dropped out. What? Yeah, I, well, I want to say that I don't think that was because of our podcast. No, that's all because <laughs> that's just a coincidence. I that's, think there's so. that. There, mm-hmm. hey. I think on our social media we should be saying that. No, no, we I should mean, do. Yeah, we absolutely yeah. should do a follow. I agree. <laughs> yeah, mean, we, we should, should say no, we not a it. follow up. It should be we should, we should take credit no, for that. We should trump it up. Take yeah. credit for yes. something that has very little to do with uh, us. I agree. John, <laughs> the standard examiners make contact and you the article. It, uh, yeah, you yeah. head up the article. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, congrats to us and congrats to our listeners. Congrats to our listeners. <laughs> They're the real heroes that's here. Right. Well, but we but but we are the heroes too. Yeah, I mean, what we're I mean, first. Yeah. Then you guys. <laughs> we're like the superheroes. Anyways. And like, they're like the, you know. Yeah. So we don't get the hotel in North Ogden. I get to go visit. Wow. Well, like, yeah, how am I going to get up to the mountain now? How am I going to get up to the peak of the mountain now, Are we going to have to like ride our bikes? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hike there. Okay. Good old fashioned. Good old fashioned. All right. So, yeah, Meg saved the water. Well, Right, so save the water and the fishes. Good, good for, uh, yeah, good yeah. for North Ogden. Though. Really, it is That's Meg good. who gets yeah. the credit. She's been yeah. fighting that fight since it started. So, good job, Meg. All right, well, <laughs> this week, um, oh man, man, I really hate to do this, but like, our representatives. Now, I, I shouldn't say our representatives, but uh, Senator Mike Lee. Earlier this week, or this uh, past week, um, Mitch McConnell opened up discussion, right, to uh, speak on the Green New Deal. Um, well, Mike Lee got up. Good old and Mike Lee. Good old Mike Lee. <clears throat> and, and it looks like he, he did a, a comedy bit right. on this. I think comedy deserves oh, air quotes. Man. That gets air quotes. It comedy. Oh, I don't know. The, the right loves it. They all think it's hilarious, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Man, if that's what they think is comedy, we're in the we're on the wrong side. You know what I'm saying? I, like, we need to go to the right and do some comedy bits because right. like, we, we could really be making so some money. We could really make some good, good money. Shit. Did you not like the artwork? Is that what you're complaining about? <laughs> the, uh, I just want to point out that that artwork was paid for by the taxpayer. That's true. But you know what? Like, I mean, I mean can, they're kind that, of funny pictures. Can we sell them? A little bit of credit. Right. No, I just don't think it should be on the Senate floor, but like, yeah. I didn't even give a shit about the pictures. Like, it, the jokes were not funny. Yeah. Like, it was just like, come on. All right, dude. So, so what did he talk about? He said the solution to all of our problems is more babies. Oh, yeah. the solution to, like, oh not, not just all of our problems, gosh. but the you know climate change, the Green New Deal. This is in response to the Green New Deal. The answer is no, 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 no. We don't need this wide sweeping piece of legislation. We don't need a moonshot kind of thing for our country. No, go home and have some more kids. Right, it'll all work itself out. <clears throat> that was it. Yeah. Let's that, kick the can down the road. <laughs> We'll have some kids and let them worry about it. There is no problem, though. There's nothing to worry about. That's what Mike Lee's saying. That's what Mike Lee's saying. Like, you know you know what they say? We don't own the planet. We're borrowing it from our children. 
Well, we're not doing a very good job. <laughs> that's not, is that really what he said? That's, no, what, that's, that's what, what I said. Oh, I didn't say that. I heard it somewhere. That should be on a bumper sticker. <laughs> first bumper sticker. JCP bumper sticker. <laughs> it was the first one. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I say we sell the paintings. Thanks, I hate it. And give them to charity. Oh, man. Yeah, no. I, give them this to guy was fund just the a, Green New Deal. This guy was just a train wreck, though. And he represents us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like he's duly elected. And so this is his position. I think the frustrating thing for me is that Republicans, um, time and again, uh, they come out, you know, and the the left will come up with uh, some bold policy idea, right? Like whether it's the Affordable Care Act or now the Green New Deal, and we'll say this is what we think should happen, right? And from there, you know, there should be a conversation about what should and shouldn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but over and over again, Republican position is always like, no, not this. This is stupid. This is dumb. This is government overreach. Blah blah. I, you know, the, the same the same old tropes. But then they don't offer an alternative ever, like a viable alternative. Right. It rarely happens, right? It just doesn't. Like we were talking about the Affordable Care Act and about how that, you know, for years it has been repeal and replace, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. And when they were on the verge of doing that, you know, what was it, a year ago? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, there, there was no replace. There was only repeal. Like if they were to repeal, there was no replace. After all of that time, the, the ACA was passed in 2010. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they had a full, almost a full decade uh, to come up with the plan. That's nine years to come up with a plan and they don't do it. You know what? I was having, I was having this conversation with my wife a couple weeks ago because it's like a Democrat will do something annoying and you'll be kind of frustrated with Democrats and you'll say, you know what? Both parties are the same. They're just, they're, they're always, they're both just doing the same thing all the time. And I was like, you know what though? They're not. The Democrats have these things they push for and they're always trying to do this, trying to do this. The Republicans, it's always their thing to just undo. We need all those laws undone. We shouldn't do anything for the environment. We shouldn't do anything for businesses. It's just undo, undo. And if we have money to do something, let's just give it back to the people because the government should stay out of everything. And I just, that is a stark difference. They're, they're not the same at all. This, this is what the Republicans are. It's just mock the kind of progress people are trying to make and then try to undo it. Yeah. So I went to right. a, a campaign trading on Friday with the state Democratic Party. And one of the things that, uh, so Sally Boynton Brown was there. Um, she used to be the ED of the Idaho State Party. She ran for DNC chair as well in the last cycle. Mm. Um, but in her training, one of the things that she talked about, and I never had realized this, but she it was really stark. She was like, government, uh, Republicans have convinced the American populace for the past 20 or 30 years that government is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that is the thing, right? Government is bad. And so anything like this. And then so, you know, to, to tie this back 20 to 20 or 30 years, I'd go farther back than that. Yeah. Right. Well, when you start like, I mean, we're what, 2019 now? Like, doesn't it start in the 80s? So that's like. Yeah. 70s, right. 80s. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean Ronald months. Reagan, Ronald Reagan, Reagan said government is yeah, the problem. Government right? is Shit, the problem. I'm almost 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to do that to you, John. Yeah. <laughs> But to tie this back to Mike Lee and this, you know, they're, they're, Democrats are genuinely trying to pr- produce a solution to this to say, hey, we've got this problem and we have a very finite amount of time. You know, the, the UN is saying 10 years to do something about climate change. Right. We're going to need something bold here. That's only a decade. Right. Um, and, you know, it takes a lot of heavy lifting to do something. So we're going to pr- propose something very bold. And it's going to it's going to touch on not just the environment, but it's going to touch on the economy and changing the way that we fundamentally get energy in our country. Tell me this. Why do you think 
they are still denying that climate change is real. Well, now to they me, just say it's to not me, that's man-made, the fun- right? To me, that's the fundamental question. Oh, Because they don't want the regulations that would come from us admitting that we can reverse they, climate change. They don't want or the people that vote for them. Right, the people want. that give them money. Right. Did you know? Well, I was just looking into... But like, how does that... How does that- the people that give them money, like, do you mean the people that give them money, the big donors? Are you talking about, like, Republicans that live here that are, like, just— well, So let me answer that. Like, I was just looking over the 2018 campaign contributions. Sorry, 20—yeah, 2018. 2018, yeah. Uh, the, the Democratic candidate, I think he raised $28,000. Uh, there was an independent candidate that raised, like, maybe around that, and a Green Party candidate that raised $2,000. Rob Bishop raised $383,000. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And yeah. like, Something stupid like that. 95% of it was not from in this state. Those are the people who I'm talking about. Those, and I, and right. you go through that list, it's a bunch of environmental organizations that love that he is auctioning off all of our Utah land to corporations to... I wouldn't call those environmental organizations. <laughs> <laughs> right. They don't care. You know what they are. They're oil right. and gas. They, they're right. To make money, right? <laughs> Raping the environmental organization. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, uh, yeah, but how, yeah. Mike but Lee does. Mike Lee didn't believe that. Some intern that's dealing with some oil company or something like that shows up and saw his interns like, "Hey, check this out. You want to go do this skit?" Yeah, you right. Know what I mean, Mike Lee's not putting that much time into that shit. Yeah, he's like, "Well, I, I'm sure it's just like I got to go say something on the Senate floor. Let's just right. make this a joke because, because right. this is we can't win on and the merits. And your don- yeah. your donors are gonna love this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But how? Okay, that's like I know that we we're not we don't necessarily want to speak directly to Republicans, right? Because like we know that those hard Republicans are going to stay hard Republicans, right? Uh yeah. and, and so we we try to we try to meet people in the middle, right? But something like this, like it shouldn't be a partisan thing, right? I think it should Republicans be like thing. clean air. How do you how how do you message that to the smaller the small donors that uh that live in the state and say, "Look, dude, like this is what he's doing, and why? Why are you not seeing this? Like, how how do you how do you say that to them? How, how do you package that deal? Well, I think that's exactly what the Democrats are trying to do. They, I mean, I think they tried to lead this issue by saying we are going to propose this bold thing, like Colby says. They're they're running a gambit that. All of the young people in this country actually care about what's being left for them, and they're going to come out and vote because they see how dire it is. And the Republicans are saying, well, we are going to do the only thing we can do to kill that, see, which is make it a joke. I dis- I disagree with the way that they do that. I don't think that that's the way to reach. I think that you're – I think that the way that they package that, you already have Democrats that are going to support you, right, with the Green New Deal. You're not looking at the – business standpoint of that right like it's not free like if you got to make it a, a capitalist thing a free market thing for for some of these people like look oil and um and and these other these other <clears throat> things of in uh, energy right they've all had subsidized money from the government mm-hmm. solar think- and all this other stuff has not it's Agreed. not a, it's not a capitalistic system if you don't have choice and we don't have choice the, because the Green New Deal these needs to be sold are, as job creation. Uh, it's, well, and, yeah, because it creates way more jobs than the 
drilling a few oil rigs. You know what I'm sure. Right. Do you it, know what I mean? Uh, it's if too they much, would sell, like, if they would sell, we're that. gonna die. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. People right. Are like, ah, okay. We're not gonna die. I haven't died. This seems like a very good transition into our second issue, right. which is tax increment financing. So, so to just kind of tie it together, why is it that when we're trying to protect the environment, then suddenly we're picking winners and deciding which industries get to be successful. But when we're doing something like tax increment financing, where we want to invest money into an area that isn't making money so that businesses will go there, suddenly we can pick winners in that case. Why is that the deal? Why, why can we pick winners when it comes to making money, but not when it comes to saving the environment, the planet? planning for our future, giving people health care, taking care of the poor. Like I just So we pick oil over the windmill manufacturers. Right. 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 And and yeah. Exactly. Is that what you're kinda of going at? <clears throat> like I agree with you. I Right. Well, uh, we say we're not picking a winner, but we are. We are we're picking yep. the oil companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We already have systems we're not in picking place. The train the rail you know what I mean? Right. Union Pacific, whoever's going to head that up. We're not picking them. Right. Uh, let's talk about tax increment financing, you know, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we move on to that. Um, go ahead. Yeah. So one of the, the things that you've probably seen a lot in the newspaper lately is um, there's been a lot of talk in Ogden City, especially about the use of um, CRAs, community reinvestment areas, and the use of tax increment financing to redevelop some of the kind of blighted areas of Ogden. So uh, some ideas that are some areas that might come to mind are like um, when the Ogden Mall used to be just kind of this like just a dump, right? Like they didn't do anything with it. Eventually they tore it down and they built a junction, right? That was a CRA, right? So the government partnered with a developer using this mechanism, TIF, to reinvest in that area, make it a vibrant place so that tax pro property tax values would increase in that area. And that, you know, you'd also see the benefit of more business there and you'd get some sales tax. So we thought with, with so many new CRAs coming on board because there's been, there've been quite a few lately that have uh, sprung up. And so we thought, well, this might be a good time to talk about this because there's a big conversation right now about the where the ho former Hostess Factory used to be on between 26th and 25th in Grant. Right? That just got approved, right? Yep, and that got approved by the city council in March. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, and then uh, there are a few others that are currently underway right now. Like um, we've, there's been a lot of talk about the Nine Rails Creative District, which is just above the the Bigelow Hotel on 25th Street in, in Washington. Mm. If you go, you start to go up the hill right, 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 toward right, the right, main right. library. Right. That's all the the yeah. Nine Rails Creative District. That's a CRA as well. Really? So, yeah. So you know, it's the Monarch, which is a building that they're working on right there. Mm -hmm. They're receiving uh, TIF funds to to change that building. And then. Um, is that the one behind? Right behind the Bigelow. So it's just kind of been empty forever. Oh, Long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like white now, though. It's like a yeah, white Yeah, they've building. been redoing yeah. it now. Oh. Right, yeah. And there's like a big mural there, you know, with uh, Monarch Butterflies in the parking uh -huh. lot above. El, uh, El Toro, or so there's like a, a Matador. Mexican, oh. Matador, that's the one. Matador is right there. Yeah, if you go down, down Ogden Avenue, yeah, to the yeah, other yeah, area. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's another CRA where the city is cutting the steel. And so we thought, wow, there are so many of these, and the city's using it so often. Like, maybe we ought to have a conversation about, like, what it is, and maybe talk a little bit about what we see as good and bad. So once the city declares a CRA, a community reinvestment area, they have the option to use like what we said, tax increment financing. And the way it works is this. So they will say, okay, we're going to use TIF funding in this area and they will freeze the property tax amount for that area at a certain level to say, okay, it's, it's frozen at the present value, right? And that's the, that's, they will continue to pay property taxes on, on all homes on, around that area. Yeah. On that amount. So all the, all the area, you know, and any homes or any, any uh, businesses or, you know, property tax in that area will be frozen at that level. 
And then what they do is they say, okay. And then as time, as, as it increases inevitably, the money from that, that comes inevitably as, as property taxes um, go up in that area, that money gets used for this reinvestment, right? And so the way that it sits right now, like the hostess factory is a good example, 90% of the increase that comes in those property taxes above that frozen level, they get put into an account that can be used for bonds or you know be given to the developer to use to defray some of the costs of developing that site. And then they say, all right, we're going to take some of this money. And then they set it at, at a certain amount or a time period, right? So they'll say, okay, uh, it's up to $7.5 million or 22 years, something like that, right? And whichever comes first, hmm. right? And they will they will consider that fulfilled. And then after that, the, the, the hope is that by redeveloping that area, property values have now gone way above what they were frozen at. And now the city and all of the entities that have a have a stake in there, like usually, so in Ogden, it's the, the school district, mm-hmm. Ogden City School District, and the county as well as the city. And the city yeah. yeah, they would see a bump in how much property tax revenue that they would see now that it's been redeveloped. There are now, you know, usually high density housing, right? That's, that's the talk mm-hmm. about the hostess, the old hostess site, mm-hmm. that there would be apartments. Well, and that's what happened with the Ogden Mall. Once the junction went up, then there was the apartment across the street. Right, and, right. You know. And that's the idea, right, is that, you you know, you would have, you the know. The Riverview not, apartments or whatever. Yeah, you would yeah, have three homes, different. you know, high-density housing. You'd have more businesses and that the city would see more in tax receipts from sales tax. Um, plus, you know, you just have uh, a further functioning economy. But all of this, you know, their argument is all of this doesn't happen without that incentive to the developer to redevelop those areas so that it can happen. Mm. On its face, it looks looks really good, right? Like, great. This wouldn't happen otherwise. Uh, let's let's do this. We like I said, we, we can point to the junction as a success of this mechanism. Another one is uh, Business Depot Ogden BDO, where the old DDO used to be. Mm-hmm. That was a CRA as well. Uh, it's been pretty successful. I mean, it's a little bit different because they weren't necessarily putting housing in over there. Mm-hmm. But the benefit to the local economy is you know, noticeable, right? Well, and I've been driving by the one, I've been going to the dump a lot. And so right down there by the, <laughs> by the river, by right. the dump, they kind of made a new street and there's these new, it's all businesses. And, but like nobody was ever going to move into that field before, but I guess they made it an RDA. And now that's why what? all those businesses moved in over by the dump. Yeah. Right where the, the roosters new brewery is. Oh, B street. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in yeah. West Ogden, Isn't mm-hmm. it down by the yeah, river? B street. That's it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's where those the, businesses that's where the stockyards used to there. be. Right. And, and Exactly right, right. And, and there's been talk in the newspaper about across the river from the, from the old stockyards mm-hmm. uh, is the Swift Building, which mm-hmm. they're going to tear down, right. and hopefully they'll have a similar thing where they will put in you know maybe some kind of housing businesses d- develop there. I, I don't know. I don't well, know yeah, and I can see, like nobody was well, going to do it, anything. Isn't with, UTA, all right. No, the UTAs they're like isn't that right there next to like well where it the would UTAs be. Yeah, you could connect all that. Do west. Yeah, just do west. Uh, the Clearfield and UTA in Ogden, they both got their UTA. Um, what was oh. that? The, yeah, yeah, they got Bus rapid transit systems that we were talking about. No, 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 no. Uh, well, they they they're working on that still. Yeah. Ogden is, but uh, uh, Ogden and Clearfield both got money from that's right. UTA to to invest in their. Yeah, um, I thought you'd be all over that, Colby. There's a public meeting soon, or just happened. Yeah, it's, it sucks because they're always on nights that I have to go to class. Right like inevitably, <laughs> like I yeah. always have to go to class. The, the mayor Clearfield was pretty. Because I'm from Davis County. Oh, so, uh, no, that's fine. Uh, hey, guys, uh, going, he back, pretty, going back to the topic. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Can't yeah. talk about Davis no. County. No. Jeez. <laughs> you know what? No. So this all sounds great. Are the developers going to the city planners 
and asking for money for a development? Or is the city planner saying, we want, we need to do something with this area and they're trying to find a way to do it. And it, then, and it then can taking go bids. both ways. I don't, I, I, it, I think even project to project, it could go either way. So I'm not sure. Yeah. So I, I agree, Shane, like th- that is w- like one of the, you know, in general, I like this mechanism. It seems to be working for Ogden city. Right. Uh, but the question mark to me is like, okay, we're, we're offering public funds to, you know, redevelop these areas so that it has a benefit to the public at large, which is a key piece of this. Like you, the developer has to prove to the city that there is a public benefit to what they're going to do. Uh-huh. Right. My question is like, how do we choose? Yeah. Where does that line get drawn? Is it, is it local businesses? I'd like to see local people. City council, man. It's well, right. <laughs> true. Or, or planning commissions. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I've seen proposals in other cities where it's an existing hotel who's sort of in the middle of a area that's had a, a downturn. And so they say, we want to renovate this hotel and it's really going to liven up the entire area. And it's like, who, how, who gets this money? Who doesn't? Again, we're picking winners. Yeah. who? And I think yeah. that's the biggest question. Like, who gets it? How do they cut such a deal with the developer? How do they choose a winner? Especially if it's, if the city is, is, you know, if the impetus is on them to say, all right, we're going to do this. And then now we have this mechanism and we want a developer to come. How do they vet who they choose to ultimately do that project? What is that process like? I'm not sure. Right. Closed door deal, man. Well, I don't know if it's a closed door deal, if there is some process in place. I mean, it seems like the perfect liberal thing to do. Like well, invest our money into making the community better. Yeah. Everything turn, you know, it sounds great, but there's definitely that aspect. Like the, uh, they, they've, they proposed it with the Rite Aid building in the 24th and, uh, what is that? Monroe. 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 Yeah. yeah. So that building, I mean, oh, that was Lord. already Ew. a terrible air, even when the Rite Aid was there because the other stores were wasn't closed. That bad. On that Come street. on. People were getting shot in the oh, parking lot. Kobe, have you name, been there? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Name, <laughs> name a place in Ogden where people are, are not getting shot. Like, I on. mean, uh, so what, what are, where Harrison, are we going with, above Harrison? Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> so let's say, fine. I'm saying it's not enough. specific to that area. That's not that's specific. A, a I don't point. think it's a. I think it's a fair. We point. don't have a lot of shootings in general for, in Ogden. That's right. But we can agree that uh, vacant buildings, vacant spaces attract crime, right? Broken window theory. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. You're Detroit absolutely right. Now? My neighbor's <laughs> account says there's the most crime right around in my three mile area where I live. Oh yeah, right around that right aid right now. Right. So, so I mean, part of me sees how it is an investment in the community, and I'm kind of all... Plus, I hate... There's so many buildings in this city, so many lots that have just gone undeveloped for I don't know why that seem prime. You go around downtown, there's all kinds of buildings that could be used or lots. So part of me is very on board with this, but part of me just wonders... Uh, where our money's going. It feels a little bit like a shell game. It feels like another way to tax people to to take money out of the schools and use it for whatever you want to. And then eventually, if there's a problem in the schools, well, maybe we'll just cut it out of the schools. It's just like it's a shell game. Nobody knows where their taxes are. Nobody knows you know, if they're benefiting from this latest property tax increase or if it's all going to the latest RDA. You know what I mean? It's just it's what is real obfuscation. Pro- what is the proposed building going where the right it is? So so that was one thing I was going to bring up because it's very close to Oak Den. And I don't remember. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember the whole thing, thing with Oak Den a few years ago. Um, there, there were a lot of people. So the city wanted to redevelop that area. And um, Oak Den's like a, they basically built a new street and then built a bunch of houses on it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And um, part of the part of the the deal with um, 
with Oak Den and why people were a little bit frustrated was the fact that the city was going to use eminent domain to right. to do that. And so I think that with the Monroe um, uh, CRA um, Community Reinvestment Area that uh, they're they're going to be very careful using eminent domain maybe in that area because there was uh, you know a lot of a lot of pushback from citizens in that area. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of talk about grocery store, right? Downtown, because uh, you have the Rancho Market that's over on 26th right. Street. Um, and, and that's really it for all of downtown Ogden, for the for East Central neighborhood where we're talking about. Yeah. That's it. That's the only grocery store that you have. It's essentially a food desert if, Wait, you, if Rancho so wasn't you there. Don't you have, but I mean, the, the Rite Aid, it's not just the Rite Aid building. They're, they're buying out tons of houses. Am I wrong on that? Uh, well, yeah, so in the city has been like, so for example, there's a, uh, so there's, there's this building across, there's a house across the street on the corner that I really favor. It's this, it's really cool style. It's like the Wattis home up on Eccles. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Right, by the water right onto the west of it. Uh, it's just to the north of Rite Aid. It's, and it's, mm. and, and it's just a little bit east up. Yeah. Uh, the city just redid that whole building. And it's, it's like $400,000. Uh, it probably is. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We looked at that house. It was a lot of money. Uh, it, <laughs> oh yeah. It's a gorgeous house. Like it's, I love the architectural style. You know, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah, but uh, well, but cool, the city but has like, been buying up those homes. Super expensive. Yeah. yeah. And redeveloping them and selling them. To live there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anybody talk shit on Ogden again or throw them blows. But I mean, I do have solar panels and I live in Davis County. <laughs> oh. <laughs> throw it again again. <laughs> so I think if I lived down there, I would be for. I mean, I'm just putting myself. If I lived near that Rite Aid, I would be all for this. Okay, but what about the other uh, the other folks that, that don't? Right? Yeah, right. They're, they're There's probably a lot the of bill. renters down there who would end up having to leave their houses as those property values rise. It's a lot of uh, lower income housing that we're going to lose. It's to 84 acres and 413 properties by the time it's done. Yeah. Between Madison and Jackson Avenue. Well, keep in mind that that's the whole area. And, and they use the, the whole area to kind of spread out, you know, the 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 way that they could gather up TIF monies, right? To so they spread made, out whose property tax they're taking. Kind of, right? Like, the, and and so while not that whole area will be developed, you know, like another good example is like, like I said, the hostess factory, like that, that area goes all the way to wall, but like the whole area, I mean, the, the, the crux of it is really that, that lot, right? Where they're going to, they're going to be doing some serious development, but they spread it out a little bit longer so that uh, wider, so they can get more TIF funds yeah. in the, in the account. No, I think, I mean, Ogden needs it. We need it somewhere. I think there needs to be a better way of communicating to people. Well, maybe it doesn't even matter. But, I mean, I think that people will go along thinking, oh, look at these property taxes, the the raise that they're having, and I'm going to get some benefit out of that, but really it's all just going to be going back into this, which may give them some benefit, may not. But I just think that people need to be more aware of uh, of how their money is kind of being spent before it's brought in. Yeah, I agree. I, I was going to say um, another another thing to note here too, and this is one thing that kind of stuck out to me about um, the the host, the old Hostess Factory site in particular. There was a question um, at the at the meeting about whether or not, because they, they do plan to build some more high density housing in that area, whether or not there was going to be a you know a favorable amount of um, low-income housing for folks, so you could get a better mix. Mm-hmm. And the answer from the city was Brandon Cooper, who's the associate director of, uh, sorry, deputy director of community and economic development. 
Mm -hmm. um, one of the things he says there was, well, you know, Ogden provides a lot of low income housing more so than the cities around us. Mm. Um, you know, we want to kind of make sure that there's a lot of market value mm. uh, apartments to kind of get a better mix in the East Central neighborhood. And so that's kind of like, I, I see where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's something to keep an eye on because it's like, okay, like th that's, we hope that maybe that's not a trend because mm -hmm. that's going to quickly lead to gentrification, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, well, we've got a lot of low income housing in other areas, so we don't need to put it in this area. We're going to make this neighborhood really nice. And mm -hmm. the low income areas are o over there, you know, because, right. right. you know, the, the, the beauty of buildings like, uh, say the Portland building right across the street from the library, that there's, oh, yeah. there's a healthy mix of market rate and low income housing. And so the idea is to mix folks, right? Like mm -hmm. people of different um, socioeconomic backgrounds, because it provides a lot of better opportunities. It's, it's more egalitarian. You know, people's children are going to school together instead of siloing them. And, you know, this is the rich kid's school and this is the poor kid's school. Right. You try and avoid those kinds of things by mixing that kind of development together. And if that continues, uh, it, it could be maybe a concerning trend for Ogden City that, like, right. we're just going to gentrify this whole area uh, because we've got low-income housing elsewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, around the Rite Aid area, that is low-income housing. And we're going to take those homes away. We're going to develop the area. If you're lucky enough to keep your house, you just made two hundred grand, right? But more than likely, you're selling and moving on. Um, I almost feel like it's a great location. It's Central Ogden, but it is going to push a lot of. Well, yeah, and if people are voluntarily people selling and moving on, then I guess more power to them. But right, people start getting forced out. Yikes! Yeah, right what out. does that do for uh, education too? Because doesn't isn't uh, what they close Gramercy? I guess Gramercy's. So that's that's nah. kind of an issue with the high density housing. Um, I'm working up in Sugar House, and they're building three huge condo complexes. Yeah, and the schools are all gone in Sugar House, right? Oh, like okay. everybody's older. Like everybody that lived there was older. Everybody raised their families, and everything's gone. And now you build these high density homes, and I think they thought older people were going to move in. <laughs> well, now it's young families with the cost <laughs> of living. So you have thousands of kids in, got in a little one nowhere to mile send them area to school? and nowhere to send them to school now. Huh. That's funny. <laughs> it's so not, John. It's That's not. <laughs> but, but you're, I, I know mean, you're you know. <laughs> John, you, you guys send, are laughing. You can, send your, yeah, you can send your hate mail to John Miles at... <laughs> but it could happen. Yeah, we got we to think Take about schools. Take that sugar too. house. <laughs> I'm sticking to these guns. I'm sticking to these guns. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I think it's a good point, Dan, too, because like, what's the uh, what's the effect on education? Because especially, um, I've noticed in in all of these deals, you know, with all these um, community community reinvestment areas being announced, usually the the organization or that bears the the largest burden is the school district, right? Because so much of the the tax dollars go toward education that when they're going to announce one and they're going to use TIF as a mechanism, uh, the biggest chunk usually comes from them because just the, the breakdown on your taxes. Uh, so it's it's tough because you know in the short term it sort of puts you know it, it does make maybe things a little bit leaner for the school district, mm. uh, but you know the idea is that in the long run it would help them out, and so you got to kind of balance the two, and it's a uh, it's a hard thing because especially right now. Now, I mean, the 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 school district, from what it looks like, you know, with the way they want to fix facilities and stuff like that, they could really use some some extra funds to fix the schools, close down schools, you know, tear them down, build new ones, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. What a surprise. That socialist program needs new funds. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> let's, uh, well, I think that we can get into our little gripe session. Right, Kobe? We've got, well, we've got one specific gripe. Yeah, so I have one for sure. So state legislature ended a few weeks ago, uh, or the legislative session ended. And toward the end, I mean, the governor talked about this. Uh, Representative Chris Stewart in uh, Congressional District 2. I hate that guy talking, more, more. He uh, He's just he's such a he's such a homer for, for Trump that it's just so weird to me. Like, it's weird, right? Yeah, like this week, you know, they passed, they, he and his colleagues on the House Intelligence Committee, they sent this letter. To resign to, for to, Adam Schiff? Adam Schiff to resign. It was yeah. like, really? Here, for dude. what? Yeah, for what? Like, Wow. <sighs> Anyways, uh, but uh, but anyway, so so there's this, there's been a lot of talk about socialism, right? About and, then, and the governor mentioned in his state of the state address that they're worried about how young people view socialism, that they're getting maybe a little too cozy, and so the state decided that they were gonna, in order to push against socialism, they were gonna start teaching about capitalism in the public schools, right, to stem this tide. And the thing that made me chuckle about this is like, so we're gonna use a socialist system public schools to teach about capitalism to fight against socialism <laughs> that's that's rich nice. that's that's great that just made me laugh so much i was like these guys like i don't know i think i just think that the whole conversation around socialism like people need to start being honest with themselves like th there are some good things that can happen that can come from us banding together as a community and investing our tax dollars into programs like right. what we just talked about with public schools yeah public schools forest service yeah, libraries no removal yeah, snow roads, removal. interstate snow highways. Removal. I'll be honest, the snow the removal. The military. Thing. Last Friday, the snowstorm. My hour to get to Clearfield through 89. And I remember the night before, I dropped my kid off at lacrosse practice at the sports complex. And I saw all the plows all piled up that took him off all the trucks. Because it's supposed, you know, right. end of the year. But right. yeah, I wish. I say April 1st. Yeah. If from now on is the deadline. We take the plows off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that like we need to start having an honest conversation with ourselves about like what what truly are we talking about? Because like let's just take the label off. Let's not let's not even call it socialism. Let's let's right. call it you know community. Right. Because that's what it is, right? It's about community. It's about us taking our tax dollars, pooling them together, and investing in a sewer system so everybody can take a crap right. in the comfort of their own home. Right? Those kinds of things. You like, know what it is? Like, tax that's increment financing. That's, like that's a socialist mechanism. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like you're using tax dollars to spur private investment that will hopefully, you know, make a difference. Right. And, and it'll and, bring money back. And some folks may push back and say, no, that's public private partnership. Sure. Like yeah, it's the, it's the same. It's, it's still community, right? It's yeah. still us using our tax dollars and deciding we're going to do this thing because it's going to bring us back, you know, some level of comfort or utility or right. whatever. Yeah. How is Obamacare then not public private partnership? Right. There you go. I think we, we need to embrace it. I mean, we are branded as socialists now. I mean, over the last like six months, that's, that's who we are. Yeah. Um, AOC, you know, socialist, we're all any liberals, a socialist, instead of fighting it and saying, we don't want, we just need to be, fight them with what you're saying. I think we need Public a different schools. word. And we need to say, so that's what you I was say socialist, say. I say pragmatist or yeah. something like that. No, I was going to say, it's just a reframe, right? And that, that's another thing that we talked about at that training I went to on Friday was like, you got to reframe some of these things. Like the GOP has been very good at, you know, framing such things in, in their way. Yeah, right? they know there's a whole generation that will not jump on board with socialism, whether it, I mean, even if it's not the same socialism that they knew before. Yeah, no one's calling for government to control the means of production, right? No one's saying like, let's nationalize Ford Motor Company. Right. No one's saying that. 
What we are saying is we'd like for our tax dollars to be used. To be spent on us. To be spent, yeah, in a way that is beneficial to us um, in, and that would make us more competitive in the world economy. Right. Things like high-speed rail, which, yeah. which the Green New Deal talks about, right? right? Well, I think they brand social one as free too. We need to we need to reframe and say, no, I don't want free. I want my tax dollars to pay for it. I'm willing to pay a little more in taxes to get that. Yeah. Right? Because they they'll rebrand it as you, everybody wants free college. No, I want my tax dollars to pay for my kids college. But I don't yeah. want to spend more tax. I want to spend less on, you know, oil subsidies. Right. And I want to spend more on right. college tuition. Yeah, and so I think that that's that's the reframe. I don't want to spend more on college tuition. I want the government to cover it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think that that's that's the interesting thing. Like, it's about it's about that community. It's about reframing and saying like, we just want life to be better. And when you take the socialism label off, and you start talking about it in that way, most people say, yeah, I agree with that. Right? Like, you get you get past the 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 label and people say, Oh yeah, I definitely want. So what's the new name, Kobe reprioritization. I think it's community, right? Like I said, like you talk about like, this is, this is community. Yeah. Like this is a community, um, focused solution. You hippie. So when they say I'm a a socialist, I'm a communal, communal humanist. Let's go humanist. No, it's my religion. I don't don't think that you necessarily like I'm a socialist. I'm a, I'm a, cause like a lot of, I mean, I I get called a socialist a lot of work. Okay, but like the thing that, like, I'll, and that's that's what I try to spin it as. I don't want anything free. You want free everything, and no. that, I'm like, I don't want anything free. Like, like, yeah, like they, they like just my health insurance, right? Whatever my what boss pays for my health means. insurance, I want him to pay half that. I want all that money on my check, and I'll probably pay half that in taxes. If that makes sense. So, so yeah, because I've said the same thing for a while. Like, we should as, put this out to our listeners. As a, as a, uh, that, that is a good question. Like, like a like, poll? Yeah, we should. We do a poll. Oh my God. That do it. Like, what is so it? Good. So, so, yeah, no. we should do, no, no, no. What, <laughs> what, um, yeah, let's do that. What's the label? What is the reframe? What's the label that we should be moving forward in uh, Utah at least, right? Like. It's like, not socialism. It's not it's socialism. It blank. should be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we'll put that on social and we'll see how it goes this week and we'll, we'll follow up in the next episode. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But I agree with you, Shane. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a business student. I'm a master's, uh, an MBA student. And the thing that I always ask myself when, you know, looking at small business, trying to understand operations and all these things, like, why is it the employer's job to provide you with health care? You know, like we talk right. about how we're, you know, we want the we want the market to solve this problem and blah, blah, blah. Like, right. then, then why is it this way? Like... If the, if the market truly isn't solving this problem, then that means it's a market failure. And if there's a market failure, then you need to do something to fix it. And usually government has to do something to fix the market failure. Right. Right. If you look at, if you're getting a hundred percent of your insurance paid by your employer, it's, it's over a thousand dollars. It's probably 900 to 1200 bucks for your family. Oh. So $500 more in taxes. If you get that money on your check or you can split it with the, with the employer, and he's only got to give you a $700 raise because you're going to pay $500 in taxes. It all makes sense to me. You know where I was hearing that? You know mm-hmm. you know why this this sounds familiar for me? It's uh, I was watching Bill Maher. That's why. Oh, Bill Maher. It was on Bill Maher. He, he said capitalism plus. That's what he said. Capitalism mm-hmm. plus. Yeah. He's like, it's not socialism. We're not socialists. He's like, 
we should be rebranding mm. it as Capitalism Plus. Go uh, watch that thing. It was his last word this week. It was I don't good. like Capitalism I, Plus, but you know what I like is Capitalism for All. Yeah. Capitalism for All. I say we stick with socialist and rebrand the word socialist. Thanks too hard. It's an uphill battle, man. Yeah, yeah, because then you go it's Venezuela, so, yeah, Venezuela, it's, it's, so, Venezuela. Yeah, it's so loaded. It's like, like come nah, on, let's come up with something get else. Get out of here, yeah. Socio capitalist. Socio capitalist. That makes it sound crazy. Like, yeah, then, like, then, then I feel like, like Christian Bale. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's American, American Psycho, dude. That's what it is. That's socio capitalist. <laughs> All right. All right. Vote yeah. on our uh, social media. Where can they find <laughs> us, Dan? All right. So you can find us at. You know it by heart. You don't have to read it. Junction City Podcast. Facebook, Twitter, Insta. You can reach us at uh, junctioncitypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us and give us uh, any tips, tricks, feedback, ideas, feedback, show ideas, something, show ideas, something you'd yes. like for us to talk about. Oh, yeah. If, if you're you an got, expert on something local, or if you've got from gripes. You. Oh, you know what? Or shout outs, right? Because we're going to do shout outs on the show. We should yeah. do shout outs. Huh? Yeah. You know, I, got, I actually got a good, uh, real quick shout out. <laughs> The principal of uh, Ogden High School. I did it a couple of shows ago, but uh, I'll do it again. He's a pretty good guy. He, uh, he he sent me an invitation on LinkedIn, and I was like, oh, cool, because I emailed him about the whole member of the uh, son going to homecoming. Anyway, right, yeah, You know what? Uh, yeah, I got to yeah. shout out UTOG. We went to their soft opening. It's a brewery down on 23rd and Grant. Not only are they delicious, but they're fixing those buildings down there, so yeah. I like them. And then you can visit our website, junctioncitypodcast.com. Um. Yeah, get, and and vote definitely vote on um on on our this week's question. Yeah, we'll have a poll up definitely on Facebook. Um, and we'll we'll try and get it onto a, an Instagram story at some point. So have to watch for it. Other than that, Kobe, like we say every week, all politics is local. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just another podcast. It's easy to think of the day you think this.